Thank you for tuning in to a Centerpoint Church message. Our mission is to help you take the next step in your relationship with God. We hope this message achieves that and inspires you to both grow in your faith and live it out today. Enjoy. My name is Aaron. I'm the pastor here at Centerpoint Church. Uh, we have a mission here to help you take the next step in your relationship with God. Uh, we do what every good Christian church should do, which is to help you connect with God in a worshipful way, but then help you grow in your relationship with Him. Our style, it just might be a little different than you're used to, but we're still true to the Bible. We take God very seriously here, and we want to help you in your weekly walk with Him. Uh, this, last, this is our last week of our series that we've been calling Deep clean. And if you've been here for a few weeks, you know that we've done more than just make room for things in our lives or temporarily, temporarily room for things in our lives. You know, like the good old sweep under the rug type clean. We're not doing that. The deodorant shower clean. Nope, we're not doing that. The hide everything in a closet when the guests come over. We're not doing that either. We've been doing a real clean, a deep clean as in restructuring or removing things in our priorities, our schedules, our relationships. And then this week we're talking about uh, actually deep cleaning uh, our future plans. It's been freeing, but it's work. Uh, this week it's no different. It's going to be a lot of work. We all have future plans for things, right? It could be watching the Packer game later today, or Bears game, but who's doing that, actually? I heard a couple people saying that. Uh, it, could be, it could be getting a pizza later. That could be your future plan. Hawaiian, of course, that's the best. You could be thinking about a vacation coming up. You could be binge-watching a release of a new Netflix series or some network series. Uh, the Morning Show is one I'm really into right now, or Lock and Key is on my radar when that comes out. For you, maybe it's graduating. For you, maybe it's a new job, or your future plans for retirement, or financial freedom, or being on your own. We all have some sort of future we think about. For some, it's maybe only for the next one minute. For some, it might be all the way to your deathbed. But what I'm asking you today is, what do you want your future to resemble? Can you picture something for yourself in 5, 10, 15, 20, or 30 years? Are you on path for something? For me, I, I'm actually quite a planner. Uh, I love goals. I love planning for the future. It's totally up my alley. I have a dream right now to not load and unload the dishwasher every stinking day. I don't have a solution to that, but that's like, that's a dream of mine. I don't want to do that. Uh, I have a dream to have a bigger immediate family. I'd like more, more people in my family. Uh, I have a dream to continue to teach about Jesus to a lot of people. I have a dream to own a large sailboat one day and sail the Great Lakes. I have a dream to travel with my family, more national parks, more international travel. I have a dream to find good, but hopefully better IPAs, M&M cookies, and brownies, and maybe even a better dessert out there. Unlikely, but that's a dream of mine. I have a dream for my marriage to get better and better as we age. I have a dream for my life to be more and more purposeful and aligned to God. Now, these are just a few of my dreams or plans for the future. What are yours? What are yours? Is yours family, faith, friends, fun, food? Is it all the F words, it seems? Where do you see yourself in the future? What do you want? What are you doing? What are you known for in the future? Now, the question I got to ask you as you think about that is, how many of us have experienced some sort of pause or pushback or redirection to at least one of our dreams in the last year, right? 
or at least like a, a moment where you're like, we'll see what happens tomorrow or next week or next month or next year, and then maybe we'll get back on track. Or how many of you had dreams that either died recently or ended or have had something else interfere with it? I think intentional dreams for us to have and purposeful living, it's important, especially as a follower of Jesus. Jesus was very intentional with his life and how he lived. But I think right now what we're experiencing is a life-altering moment. We have been in a pandemic that has changed a lot for us, for, for our entire society. And I think it's made our planning and our pursuit of future dreams and desires a bit messy, right? A bit messy, not as succinct, not as purposeful, not as clear as maybe they once were. And I think we've become too lenient, or for lack of a better word, lazy, in a sense, to get back on track, saying, we don't have the time for this right now, or we don't, we don't, we, it's just different right now, or I don't have the ability, or the power, or the time, or even the freedom to do what I thought I could do way back when. It's time to just survive, and get by, and we'll see what happens. Whatever happens, happens. I feel like, like what I keep telling myself, and I feel like is what we keep telling ourselves. Or how many of you... How many of you uh, have even like been thinking that and it's just been stirring inside? But how long can we think that way? How long can we say that? If you can relate to at least some of this a little bit, then you, like me, we need to deep clean our future plans because a life without direction is not how Jesus lived. What if I could tell you, Jesus lived intentionally and accomplished all he wanted, even with the strongest opposition in his 33 years here on earth. What if I could tell you Jesus lived a life of direction that was fully good for mankind, even though they wanted nothing to do with him? What if I could tell you that Jesus abided in the laws and the social expectations of that time, even when people were throwing the book at him? Or he fulfilled his dreams and desires, even in betrayal and rejection? He accomplished his plan even through pain, bruises, through being beaten. I don't know about you, but those are things that tend to slow down my future plans is when those things happen. Opposition, betrayal, lack of freedom, unacceptance, resistance. And that's something that I think we're all experiencing right now. What if we could do a deep clean and live our lives like Jesus and get back on track or on course for our future dreams, even amidst adversity, even amidst what we're experiencing right now? What if we could realign our dreams fully to have it, uh, it be what God wants us to do? What we're going to do is we're going to look at Jesus' life, and I think there are a few things that we are doing right now that Jesus didn't do to accomplish his future plans for his life and for God. And that's what we're going to look at today, things that Jesus didn't do in order to accomplish the things he did. Uh, again, if you've been here for this month, for this series, we've kind of simply analyzed basic things Jesus did and didn't do and in his life. And for most people that like, would call themselves a Christian or are just open to hearing from God, he's a model for us, right? Jesus lived a way that we can look as a model and we can see how he lived honorably to God. So many of the things he did, we should do too. But this series, it's not like a magical recipe it's pretty basic is what we've talked about. Just like cleaning, it's pretty basic, right? It's pretty easy to clean. It's not like some big wow idea. Like when you're cleaning, it's like you grab stuff and you put it in the garbage. That's what you do to clean, right? Or you spray 
and wipe. It's not hard. Sometimes you're doing this, right? You're scrubbing harder, but it's repeats. It's not hard. Do you look over and you're like seeing the moms or like an older generation? They're just crushing it. They're doing awesome with it. And you're like, what am I doing wrong? It's consistency. But things we need to clean in our faith, they're no different than cleaning things around our area, right? At least they're, they're, they're not hard to talk about what we should do. They're just things that we need to do or not do and then actually follow through with them. That's the hard part. They're not hard ideas. It's hard to actually follow through. So we're going to get to it. And a few details that you need to know about Jesus that maybe you didn't know before we dive into kind of our scripture today is Jesus, he was predicted to come hundreds of years before he actually came. Those predictions, they're in the Old Testament or the older part of the Bible. And Jesus, what he did is he fulfilled over 300 prophecies for a Messiah to come. That's pretty insane for a guy that's 33 years old. Uh, He performed over 30 different miracles while he was here. He equipped and commissioned people to share his teachings to to now influence the whole world, to, to be in a church today, even after Jesus was what Jesus started his movement. At the end of Jesus' life, he went through flogging, he went through scourging, he went through wearing a, a crown of thorns smashed into his face. He then had to walk his cross to be crucified and killed on a cross. And Jesus, he even knew that was going to be his future, yet he still fulfilled it. He still went through with it. Jesus' life, it was a life set to teach, to connect with others, and to fulfill prophecy. But his future plan... It was specifically to die. It was to die. Now, I know it kind of gruesome, but he achieved it. His life was succinct. It was strategic. It was purposeful. Even amidst adversity, I'd say adversity as tough as a pandemic, right? Jesus avoided doing certain things with his life that we can do too. And the first thing that we can see Jesus avoids doing in his life is he didn't live aimlessly. Jesus didn't live aimlessly. He taught, he healed, he fulfilled prophecies, he connected with others, and he went to the cross. The aim was the cross for him. That was his aim. He didn't get distracted by some cute girl. He didn't get sidetracked into hunting instead of fishing for men. He didn't get sucked into his desires of partying or partying too long or getting getting comfortable. Like, oh, they're just too comfortable to keep going. Nope, he didn't get sucked into those. He didn't even let his friends deter his future plans. If we look at this passage, the section we're going to look at today is in Mark 8, and it's 31 to 34. It says this. It says, he then began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders. This is Jesus who's teaching. The chief priests and the teachers of the law, and that he must be killed is what he's saying. And after three days, rise again. He spoke plainly about this, and Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. But when Jesus turned and looked at his disciples, he rebuked Peter. Get behind me, Satan, he said. You don't have in mind the concerns of God, but merely human concerns. Then he called to the crowd to him along with his disciples and said, Whoever wants to be my disciple or follower must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me and for the gospel will save it. His life was aimed, right? We see he says he must do these certain things to fulfill prophecy, right? He wouldn't let Peter, one of his close friends, one of his top three is what we talked about last week, uh, we went, he wouldn't let Peter stop him, stop him from doing his future plans. He even alludes to him knowing that the cross is his future, but he still aimed at it. 
even knowing how gruesome it's going to be. What about you? What's your life aimed at? Or are you living aimlessly? To combat aimlessness, align your life with God. Align your life with God. God gives you purpose beyond yourself. But then you have purpose, you have priorities, you have to live intentionally for them. If you've been here you, uh, for oh, a few weeks, you've heard me probably talk about cookies and eating healthy at times. It's, it's a struggle for me, eating healthy and then cookies. It's a balancing act. But anyways, I love a really good M&M cookie. And I love trying new ones. I love trying to find new ones. And as a young buck right out of college, some well, it's over 10 years ago, uh, I hunted for cookies personally. Like, I hunted for them to find the best. But I realized the best place to find cookies or where people would bring cookies and dessert is church events and with old people. Those were the places I went. <laughs> so that's where I went. So I'd go to gatherings, I'd go to church, and I was just more apt to go, right? And like, so I'd, I'd hear there's this event going on and I'd, I'd go to it and I'd dig in like way too many cookies, just trying different things. Yet there'd be times like this church party or, or this, this uh, event would be happening with older people and I was trying to eat healthy at the time and I'm like, oh, what do I do here? Like, I'm trying to eat healthy, but this party's going on. And I was in a dilemma, right? I'm in a dilemma. I felt I got to sink and eat 10 different cookies because the event's happening today. Because they're here. But I'm on this eating plan too. And then I was like, screw the diet. I'm going to eat the cookies. They're here. That was my thinking until a wise mentor came up to me and he was catching me eat the cookies at, knowing what my plan was. And he said, don't just eat what's available to you. He was picky. He, he ate what he wanted. He wasn't based off of his circumstance. Don't eat just what's available to you. You can go buy a, a, the best cookie ever, right? Whenever you want. You don't have to eat what's available to you. Now, just because the cookies were available didn't mean I have to eat them. That was like a revelation moment for me. Now, I'm not just telling you this to have a dieting tip, but it's the same with your life. You don't have to just do what's available to you. You can be intentional about what you do with your life. For you, your future plans might involve being a doctor, maybe. Are you intentional about the schooling and the things needed? Maybe for you, your future plans involve having a close relationship with your children or adult children. Are you intentional about that right now? Are you making conscious choices for that to happen? Your future plans maybe involve financial freedom, like not having debt. Uh, are you intentional about your spending right now? Uh, your future plans maybe involve being a different weight. Are you intentional about your intake? Your future plans maybe involve having a closer relationship with God. Are you intentional about putting the time in, being a part of a church community, letting, letting Jesus lead your life? Some of these are obvious, right? But what areas are you neglecting that type of thinking in? Stephen Covey, he, he's the author of a, a really uh, successful book. Over 25 million copies have been sold. He, he wrote the books of Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Uh, and he states this. He says, to begin with the end in mind means to start with a clear understanding of your destination. It means to know where you're going so that you better understand where you are now and so that the steps you take are always in the right direction. He's saying, look to the end first and come back and live your life to get to that end goal. I mean, Jesus even did this, right? He, in that passage, he wrote, he must deny themselves, people must deny themselves and take up their cross. He's saying, if you want to be like me, 
The end goal is the cross. You must do that. And he did it, actually. He fulfilled that. Even he said that before he even did that. Jesus denied his desires and took up his cross, or in other words, lived for God, but that was his end goal in mind. When you apply that to your own life, it looks different, right? For me, like, one of my, my, one of my dreams is, is to deny myself and take up my cross, exactly what Jesus said. How am I aimed at that? Is that that's my end goal. How am I aimed at that? Is uh, I make sure that before I do anything, I pray about it. I, I look to God and I, I pray, God, is this going to detract me from following you? Buying this thing or pursuing this thing or doing this thing, is this going to detract me from following you? That's, that's what I do. And then deciding from there. But I think with the end in mind is this decision, 70-year-old Aaron, is he going to be happy with this decision? That's me picturing the end in mind of making sure I am pursuing Jesus. It doesn't stop there with just with, uh, being a Christian. It, it goes with other things. I desire to be faithful with my relationship with God. To me, what that looks like is, is journaling a lot. Journaling a lot and reading a, reading a Bible all the time. So like the end goal in mind is having a journal that's full or having a big old Bible that's got pages bent and like little notes in the side. That's my end goal. I see that. But am I actually doing the work now to get to that point? That's for me. Another goal of mine is, is I desire a healthy marriage. Like, I, I want to be old with my wife together. So what am I doing now to have that be the end goal? Like, in order for that to actually happen, I actually have to, like, find things for us to smile about right now, right? I actually have to touch her right now. I actually have to like being with her, laugh with her. Otherwise, it's not going to happen in the future. I've got to be doing those things right now. Children, I, I have a desire or a dream for children not to, my children, to not hate church and to have a relationship with God. I actually have to talk about, with, with, uh, talk about God with my child right now if I really want her to be pursuing God as an adult. I have to read the Bible with her if I really want her to, to value the Bible. That's the end goal. What am I doing now? And then fun right? Fun, fun is, a, I want to have fun in life, and that's important to me. I actually have to, like, buy or sign up to do that fun thing, and I really want to own a sailboat. You heard me say that. I, so I actually need to start taking sailing lessons. I actually need to start looking for a boat or whatever. I, the end goal is there. Am I doing something now to get to that point? Even for church. I've applied this to church, and I'm aimed for us as a church to be, to be bigger. I want us to be bigger. Uh, and the reason being is it's the great commission from Jesus, right? He wants us to, to grow and make new disciples. He says this in Matthew 28, 19. He says, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you, and be sure of this. I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. It says, teaching new disciples. I don't want to just be a church that, that grows and matures people. That's great. I want new disciples, though, too. I want new disciples. I want to teach them to obey Jesus. So we as a church, we're aimed at that. We're aimed at that. Our end goal is to be a bigger church that has a church full of new disciples. How I think we get there is living now is we're, we're adding a second service. You heard that. We're adding two services. I don't know if you know this, but like most non-church people don't like waking up on Sunday morning. All right, so a later service allows for non-church people to just feel a little bit more comfortable, more apt to come. So that's one of the reasons. Y'all also have a lot of children. 
you all have a lot of children, and it's getting really full and loud over there. So we need more opportunities for our, the kids to be. Uh, we also, as a church, we got a billboard. We got a billboard. We're on four, there's a billboard on 41. Has anybody seen it? Yeah. Whoa, it's working. All right, awesome. But the reason being is we, we want to reach new people. We want to reach people that are different, like that aren't normally uh, into church. And so most churches don't do a billboard. Uh, we, we gave out stinking shot glasses last week at our, our one-year anniversary. What church does that? We're trying to reach new people, new disciples. Uh, we, we're giving away, it said 400, but we're actually giving away 500 free tacos next weekend. What church does that, right? But we want to make new disciples and bring new people to come and know Jesus. That's our aim. That's our end goals, new disciples. So we need to get new people here. Again, Jesus was aimed. What are you aimed at for the future? If you are someone who calls yourself a Christian, you should be aimed at denying yourself and picking up your cross. Are you doing that? With your preference, your time, your finances, your choices? What about other areas? Are you targeted, aligned with God, and keeping the end in mind with your marriage, your parenting, your career, your finances? What do you need to do to deep clean to get aimed to a specific thing? The next thing that Jesus didn't do is he never let up. Jesus never let up. He fought through opposition. He, Jesus fought through the haters, the critics, the pain, the pushback from others, even the opposition of personal doubt. Even he fought through his friends even saying, don't do this. You shouldn't do this. Let's look at the, the passage that we read in the beginning again. It says this. Uh, it says, but when, if you look at verse 33, but when Jesus turned and looked at his disciples, he rebuked Peter, because Peter's trying to stop him from going through to the end. He rebuked Peter. Get behind me, Satan, he said. You do not have in mind the concerns of God, but merely human concerns. Jesus, as he was reflecting on what his aim was, he wasn't like, ah, uh, suffering, I'm good. He wasn't like, ah, uh, I know my end. I think I'm good. I'm going to stay here. Uh, for, he wasn't like, oh, I know God wants this, but like, my friend says that maybe do, this is probably what's best for me, and this is what's going to make me happy, so I'm going to do this. He, he didn't do that. He wasn't like, cross, oh, that sounds pretty brutal. I'm going to skip that. He wasn't. He didn't let up on what he was pursuing. He kept going. But there are two things that I think are worth uh, pointing out on how he did this through this, this passage, is for you, do you, think once, do you have a friend that's going to have the concerns of God, not the concerns of humans? And then also, do you now know for sure that your end goal is what God actually wants for you? Peter, again in that passage, Peter tries to talk Jesus down from, from keeping on going, from fulfilling what God wants. Don't surround yourself with friends that, that don't want you to achieve the goals of God. Don't surround yourself with friends like that. Jesus was Jesus, and he knew how to call that person out. I don't think we would be able to do that. I don't know about you, but like, I don't think we do know that. So your selection of a friend is important. Who's a friend that's worried about the, manners, or the matters of God? Check out last week's message. We talked all about relationships and deep cleaning them, and that you can get some ideas on how to do that well. But make sure your friends aren't worried about the matters of God. And then secondly, do you know for sure that your goal is what God wants for you? Jesus was God in flesh, so he, 
He knew, right? He just knew that this is what God wants. So like, this is, I, I am God, so I, this is basically what I'm going to do, is what Jesus is thinking. We don't. We don't know. I don't. You don't know. You can believe your future plans are fully aligned with God. That's amazing. Keep going if that's really what you believe. But maybe your future plan or your desires aren't supposed to happen or aren't things meant for you to keep going after because they aren't of God. Maybe that job that you really want, it's not supposed to happen because in the future, you, you think it is, but God doesn't want that. It's not aligned with him. Maybe, maybe that diet that you've tried and failed at, it's just, it's not supposed to work. It's not what God wants for you. Maybe that person just isn't the right fit for you, even though you feel everything's right. Maybe it's just not what God wants. We're going to experience pushback, doubts on our plans. Jesus did, but you need to know, is it the right fit? Is it aligned with God? In Luke twenty-two forty-one, 41, it says this, He walked away, Jesus, about a stone's throw, and knelt down and prayed, Father, if you are willing, please take this cup of suffering away from me. I want your will to be done, not mine. Then an angel from heaven appeared and strengthened him. He prayed more fervently, and he was in such agony of spirit that his sweat fell to the ground like great drops of blood. Jesus was even doubting, am I aligned with you, God? Am I aligned with you? Is this really what you want? He's nervous, and he's slowing down. So what he did was he prayed for answers, and he was strengthened. He kept going, but the agony he experienced inside about going to his end, it was real. It was real. I don't doubt what maybe you're going through, your agony is real. I, I know it's real that you're, what you're going through. But just because there's agony doesn't mean it's what God wants right now. I want to share something that's, that's kind of a bit more open on, on my end with you because I try to be as real as possible with you guys. Uh, and I think it applies really well to this situation. Is uh, My wife, Sydney, and I, we have a little girl named Eliza. She's amazing. She's 50 months. You've heard me talk about her like a gazillion times. If you've been here, she's amazing. But we would like other children too. We would like other children too. And it's just not happening in our timing. I mean, we've been doing all the things. <laughs> we're trying. We're praying. But it's just not happening. The agony, it's real but maybe it's just not God's timing. What if our desire for more kids, it isn't aligned with God's desires right now? That's something I have to pray about and wrestle with personally. A saying I, I, I've lived by that's helped me get through this and helped me get through those moments is, I'm gonna live like it's up to me, but I'm gonna pray like it's up to God. I'm gonna live like it's up to me, but I'm going to pray like it's up to God. So in this situation, I'm going, to, I'm going to keep living like it's up to me. Keep doing the things that I know that I should be doing to make this happen. But I'm going to be praying like crazy for God to intervene, for God to move, for God to work. Live like it's up to me. Pray like it's up to God. But more than that, keeping on going for as long as I need to. Praying for answers like crazy. Like, God, help me understand this. Why? Waiting to hear maybe it's, it's, it's not aligned with God. Surrounding myself with people who are concerned of God's matters, not, not, not human matters. Enduring the agony. Have you done that with your future plans? Are you pushing through, living like it's up to you if it's aligned with God? Are you pushing through if you aren't sure? Are you praying about it? 
For us, achievement isn't all about the accomplishment at the end, in the future. It's doing the right thing today and each day to get you to that future moment. So keep on going. The last thing we're looking at today is Jesus, he didn't lose hope. He didn't lose hope. He didn't uh, let his current feelings, his current agony, uh, his current situation, the pushback he, he, he experienced, determine his present actions and goals for the future. He maintained hope. Don't let your current feeling, situation, mess up, setbacks, allow you to lose hope in ending where you think God wants you to be. I'm, I'm getting back into movies lately. Uh, it's been so easy to watch like shows because they're shorter, right? Like It's like a 30, 40 minute show and it's done and it's over. Movies are like two hours now or two and a half hours. They're so long. But I'm kind of getting back into it. Uh, and I stumbled upon this new movie that's coming out. It's called King Richard. And it's a movie about Serena and Venus Williams. It's coming out, I think, in November. And it, I just love a good underdog story and understanding kind of that, the context of what happened for, for real people. So we're going to watch a 30-second clip because I think it applies to maintaining hope. And uh, we'll talk about it at the end and then wrap up. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, you all need to look around. It's a little wet for practice, don't you think? Don't the girls have schoolwork to do? They do their homework. Tundi's first in her class. Wynn and Isha are too. Now I don't even mind you saying we hard on these kids. You know why? Because we are. That's our job, to keep them off these streets. You want to check on the kids? Let's check on the kids. We got future doctors and lawyers, plus a couple tennis stars in this house. The chances of achieving the kind of success that you're talking about is just very, very unlikely. OK, you're making a mistake, but I'm going to let you make it. Watch me hit a few balls. All right. So tell me your names again. I'm Venus. I'm Serena. So what'd you think? Now this dad of Venus and Serena, he had a dream, right? He had a dream. He didn't give up that dream. He maintained hope for them. And they're super successful, right? If you know and believe God has given you a future dream and you are experiencing opposition, don't lose hope. Don't lose hope. Jesus aligned with God's timing and direction and lived it out fully. He didn't give up. But what sustained him was being hopeful, was the hope itself. He knew he, he was going to be resurrected after death. He wasn't excited about death. It wasn't easy for him to die but he knew the end. Let's look at it in Luke twenty-two forty-one. He said, he walked away. This is a passage we looked at earlier. He walked away about a stone's throw and knelt down and prayed, Father, if you are willing, please take this cup of suffering away from me. Yet I want your will to be done, not mine. Then an angel from heaven appeared and strengthened him. He prayed more fervently, and he was in such agony of spirit that his sweat fell to the ground like great drops of blood. Blood, nerves, he was hesitant on actually going through with this death. It wasn't easy for him to just die, but he doesn't lose hope in it. It's not easy for us to experience loss, disruption, hurt, pushback, opposition, but we can know resurrection happens for us too. New life happens for us too in the end when we're connected with God. Ensure your dream your dream may or may not come to fruition. If you believe in God in the Bible, though, you can have hope that everything is going to be right for you in the end, that you will win in the end no matter what happens. If your dream 
is part of God's plan to win in the end, to getting you closer to a resurrected life with God, it's going to happen. But if it doesn't happen, don't lose hope in God's ways because your future will always involve winning with you in the end when you're connected to God. I have dreams. I have dreams for big things, right? You, you heard my dreams. Connection with God, for our church, for my marriage, for my family. I hope it's going to happen. I'm aligned with God. If you believe in God in the Bible, though, you can have that hope, too, that you will win in the end no matter what. I still know I'm going to win even if I don't get those things. So I can maintain hope even when I'm nervous about my future plans. What about you? What about you? As you deep clean your future plans, we see that Jesus was living aimed. Are you living aimed? Directed towards something, having the end in mind. Are you pushing through when things get hard? Not giving up, not letting setbacks stop you, not letting your predicted, time sh uh, not letting your predicted uh, timing uh, determine things for you, but not giving up. Keep on going. Or for you, you need to make sure that you maintain hope. Knowing your, if your dream is aligned with God, that it's going to happen. And if it doesn't, for some reason, you can still have hope in the end with God. You can still have the best life with God at the end. I'm going to pray that as we deep clean our future plans, that we're aimed, we don't give up, and that we continue to have hope. I'm also going to pray for, for someone that's maybe here that's never really had that hope for the end. And you, maybe you're saying, I want that. I want that hope to, for a future life where everything's amazing. Uh, I want that. It's you simply saying to God, God, I, I want that with you. Guide my life. Guide my journey. Meaning, uh, God, deep clean my life. You can say that to him, and you'll, you'll be on this journey of becoming a Christian and following Jesus. So if that's you too, you can pray uh, along with me as well. Would you guys pray with me? Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for today. Thank you for... Uh, giving us an example of, of Jesus, who is modeled uh, pursuing future dreams. God, I just pray that uh, as, as we think about our futures, that we continue to live aimed, we continue to, to push through, and then, God, I just pray that we always have hope, always have hope, no matter what the outcome might be. God, I pray that uh, you use each, each, use each and every one of us. God, I pray some of us right now, we might be saying, God, we want you to deepen in our lives and give us that, that future end hope that we want that with you. We're saying, God, we, we, we want to be a follower of you. We know we've messed up in the past, but we want to follow you, and we want you to deep clean our whole lives so our future can be aligned with you. In your name we pray. Amen.